This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, want to play The Sims? Create, empower, captivate, inspire. The Sims is a platform where you control life. Ooh, ooh putting the power of creativity in your hands and celebrating it. It's a place that sparks imagination, connecting vibrant creators everywhere to unleash life's endless possibilities, both in-game and out. Get inspired at thesims.com and save 50% off for the holidays. Ignite creative inspiration and spark something with The Sims. Hello, Doc Tuners. Hello, hello, hello. We are here in January with you, and we're looking ahead to this beautiful new year as we're now well into the swing of 2022, and we are, as usual, excited. I'm Stephanie Myers with Stephanie Pena here. I am grateful for you, Pena, as my co-host. I think we've done some great work over the course of the last year. Thanks, dude. I'm grateful for you too, man. Um, ready to, to kick ass in 2022 for sure. Thank you. Thank you. We are so ready. We're so ready. And Talk Tuners, um, if you haven't followed us on social, you might not know this yet. We have some exciting news to share. We are really excited, really honored to now be on the Pantheon Podcasts TV show on VPod TV. VPod TV. We have several TV episodes playing through end of January that are just two full hours of Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes. You can see us in the flesh, as it were. And if you're wanting to watch us and tune in, you can do so nationally uh, via Roku by adding the VPod TV channel, or you can stream the channel on vpodtv.com. And if you're in Chicago, you can actually tune into the broadcast channel for VPod TV at 59.3. So you can watch us on broadcast. And the Pantheon podcast show runs Sundays through Thursdays, currently 10 p.m. PT, midnight CT, 1 a.m. ET, runs for two hours. Again, we're on several of those episodes. It's just us. So to have this podcast on TV really just takes this, I think, beyond my wildest dreams. So thanks to you all for this. Yeah, for sure, Stephanie. I want to I want to echo that. I never thought <laughs> I never thought we would be on television. Kick it over to the VPOD TV. Check us out. The the support that we have is really cool. So it's actually a, a little bit different than the podcast that you would hear on Spotify or wherever you get your tunes because you have like the music videos and things like that. There's like, there's some really cool additions to it. So for me, it's that you're, you're not listening to the same episode you just did um, through traditional medium. So definitely check it out. And thank you so much uh, Pantheon Network for putting this together. We are so beyond grateful. Really, really excited. So in other news, talking about getting on to this year, we're, we're getting in the groove and, you know, we had to end it, unfortunately, with the passing of Betty White. So I wanted to bring that up um, as Stephanie and I not only have memories um, around music, we also have memories around comedy. And Betty White was one of the most hilarious women to ever, 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 uh, you know, grace Hollywood with her presence. And you know, um, I loved her. She was, everyone could say that she was my favorite golden girl. She actually was. 
Um, and I just, I loved her as a person. I know that she, uh, she had a lot of philanthropy when it came to animals. Um, she was really big into nature and to, I believe she was a forest ranger. Yeah. So, I mean, just an overall amazing woman. And so wanted to talk about that and just put, you know, my sentiments in the air. So I know on new year's Eve, I was drinking one for Betty. I hope you did too, Stephanie. Yeah, she was just amazing, and we come up on her birthday this month here in January, her 100th birthday. Very cool, very exciting. She just accomplished so much. And I was going to also share that what uh, many of our listeners might not know is that Betty was, of course, known for her acting work, and she was also very connected to music, even to Mm -hmm. the extent that she actually wanted to be an opera singer when she was young. Really? She... Yeah, cool. was a classically trained singer who had gone through that training when she was younger. Oh, so, wow. and she had said a quote about, now I just kind of, if I'm fiddling around the house, I'll sing. But that's kind of the extent of what I do now, <laughs> which was modest and self-effacing and kind of who she was. But if you do want to hear her sing, you can do that. You can check on YouTube. For various okay. appearances of her doing some singing over the years from more traditional choices, including getting to know you from the King and I to something on the other end of the spectrum, very different. She did a duet with the artist, uh, Luciana called I'm still hot, which I thought was pretty funny. So funny woman, that. musically inclined woman, all those dots connected. She was great. Oh my gosh. I love it. Um, one thing about Betty White too, so much to talk about. We can have a whole show about her. Um, but I, I, guys, I like to gamble and um, I really hope that casinos all around America bring back the Betty White machine because you are there just feeding that machine. You don't care if you're winning or losing, you're laughing and her gorgeous face and just her whole demeanor. It's the best gambling experience right up there with Dolly Parton. Um, but neither here nor there, uh, you know, rest in peace, Miss Betty um, definitely will always be living on in our hearts and in our memories. So on that note, now I want to make things like so super sad, but um, in December, we actually lost a very prominent musician by the name of Vicente Fernandez. Um, And when we started this show, we told you that we were going to cover all types of music, genres and artists. Um, So today we're kind of going out of our our norm, which is normally rock and roll. And today we're talking about uh, Vicente, who is super legendary. He passed on December 12th um, of 2021. He is known as the king of ranchera music, which is traditional um, Mexican music prior to the Mexican Revolution. And um, it has its roots in Jalisco. Vicente is definitely someone that is very, very, very important to me and my culture. And when he passed, I had to make sure that um, I got with Stephanie and we talked about him. And uh, she's one of my best friends. So she knew, she knew what was up. I didn't, I didn't even have to like explain. I was like, Vicente passed. So, um, and some of you guys may not know who he is and I get it. um, But I'm pretty sure your favorite artists were inspired and respected the art of this talented musician. Absolutely. Tuck tuners, for those who might not know, Vicente so heavily influenced top 40 U.S. acts within his stylings. These are stylings he created musically, vocally, and aesthetically. That includes Morrissey, the Smiths, that includes Country's George Strait, and it includes others. We're going to get into the details of that during this episode, but we wanted to let you know the full context of all the folks he influenced because 
it was a very wide swath that Vicente influenced. And it's, as you know, if you listen to the show, we really do like to connect the dots across, talk about influences, talk about mm-hmm. how things that came later did not come out of thin air. They came from an origin point. And so it's going to be really neat to honor him today and talk about his history, where he came from and what he meant to so many people. Yeah, absolutely. No, good point, Stephanie, for sure. So Vicente is just the man. And so who is this gentleman? So he was a cantante or a singer um, and he sang operatic, um, very baritone, very extravagant. He was also a movie star. So again, um, his roots are from Mexico. Um, definitely one of the, the most loved Mexican celebrities and did do that crossover into the U.S. and around the world. Um, so check it out. As far as his accomplishments, um, the International Latin Music Hall of Fame inductee, he was, he was one of those. He sold more than 50 million records and over four dozen gold, platinum, and multi-platinum selling albums. Let me say that again. 50 million records and over four dozen gold, platinum, and multi-platinum selling albums. That's pretty amazing. Um, I just want to pause here and have people really reflect on what that is. Multi-platinum selling. So I think sometimes people think of, oh, when I think of multi-platinum, it has to be something I've heard on U.S. radio prominently. Mm -hmm. No, not at all. No, no, we you know, not. exactly. Not at all. Think about this. And then you go back to uh, how he influenced folks. Well, it's because he's this huge, huge star in so many parts of the world. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's it's just reading that I can't even it's nuts. Because for me, it's so funny. Um, and, you know, people, Mexican culture, just around the world, people who just like Latin music, you hear Vicente and you feel like you know him. Because when he sings, he sings with such passion and he talks and ranchera music definitely focuses around love, loss, hardships, um, simple life, um, life on the ranch. Ranchera means ranch. So um, the common man. And so there's so many different themes in his music that you just feel that, um, you, you know, you can relate in some way or another. So his influence, we, you know, Steph briefly mentioned George Strait. Well, George Strait is a top 40 country artist. He's known as King of Country. And again, Vicente was known as King of Ranchera. George Strait absolutely adores Vicente. And in 2009, he actually did a tribute to him. Um, and it was a song called El Rey. And, you know, definitely uh, it had mariachis, the whole nine. And, you know, he did that in honor of Vicente because Vicente, like George, um, you know, have similar themes. You know, George is country music. So, you know, George would talk about heartache and everyday life and the common man, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And so there was that tie. And Vicente, you know, overall has been a part of my life since the day I was born. He was known as my mom's Sancho. And so for those listeners who don't know what Sancho is, it means your, your side piece. So it's pretty funny. Uh, so that's basically what it means. Uh, this is Vicente was my mom's Sancho. So, um, you know, and like George Strait is, you know, comes off as a very attractive cowboy to a lot of women. Well, Vicente as well, because his presence, he was dressed up in his cowboy hat and his, uh, you know, like mariachi traditional Mexican suits. He was quite the handsome gentleman in his day. And so um, there are similarities there as well. 
Um, you know, my mom also mentioned, you know, she also watched a lot of his movies when um, I was growing up. And she mentioned that when my parents got together, they went on a date to go see, go see a Vicente Fernandez movie. And I'm like, how cool is that? Um, don't even know where they went. I would love to know that because I'm just, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so, you know, used to everything, you know, just being assimilated in Hollywood, you know, but Vicente wasn't Hollywood, but yet he, he had such a successful career. Um, speaking of Hollywood and so forth. So Stephanie, check it out. Um, Netflix is actually coming out with a, uh, a series based on his life starring Jaime Camille. Um, I don't know this actor, but um, he looks just like Vicente. It is nuts. This is not like a JLo and Selena thing. No, 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 no. <laughs> this dude looks like Vicente. And um, the name of the show is going to be called Idol of the People. Cool. And it will be, wow. um, it's going to be um, on Colombian television network, but Netflix picked it up. So it has to go, you know, it has to go world. So let's look out for that. Isn't that pretty cool? That's and, really yeah. awesome. The yeah, George Strait I mean, connection is so fascinating too. Right. And then, so check it out. So George Strait is actually, um, he was born 30 miles south of San Antonio. So again, guys, I'm in San Antonio. For those that don't know, I live in San Antonio, Texas. And so definitely a Latino town. It's about mm, 60 percent plus Latino. So, um, but a lot of Latinos do listen to country and Western. And so there is that influence. Um, and my, funny to say, you know, I keep talking about my mom, but that's just what, how I just think about it. Cause like, he was like her Sancho, <laughs> but she loves George Strait too. So it's like, uh, you know, as we were doing research for the show, just, you know, learning about the fan base and just the common themes and, you know, just the whole aura of, of both of these musicians and how they come on larger than life. And then they own their genre of music. It's pretty awesome. So Vicente's signature song was Borver, Borver. And what that means in English is return, return. Este amor apasionado anda todo alborotado por volver. Voy camino a la locura y aunque todo me tortura, nos dejamos hace tiempo, pero me llegó el momento. This is his anthem, y'all. Insane. 
So the song was originally composed by Fernando Z. Maldonado in 1972, but the synthé popularized it in 1978. So now currently, this song is still in the list of the best songs in history. Amazing. In history. It was translated into English, French, Portuguese, and seven other languages. In addition, it was reinterpreted by more than 20 artists. Whoa. Wow. Wow. This song, Return, Return, it is a love song. Talk about love and heartache. This is just like an anthem. I have memories just growing up. Um, this is funny. So I was at a restaurant and, um, you know, we had a couple. We were, you know, pre-gaming before we went to the club. I'm, I'm not joking. And um, this song came up, came on the, the restaurant we were eating at and having a couple of drinks. And my brother just starts, comes up and he starts belting, volver, volver. And the whole restaurant is singing. Oh my God, y'all. Like this, it's an anthem. And I had no idea that this Amazing. song is so popular worldwide because I'm just close, of course, with my roots, with my Mexican roots. And so that is so freaking cool that it was translated into all of these languages and it's super popular um, in Colombia as well. So this song made Vicente um, a household name and he loved this song so much that he said that he wanted this song to be sung by his fans when he was laid to rest. And that's exactly what happened. I just got chills. That's, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. That is crazy. So, you know, tying this back to, you know, how, you know, Stephanie and I and our, and our friendship and talking about influences, someone who was very influenced by Vicente was Morrissey. And I know people got to know who Morrissey is. If you don't know who Morrissey is, come on, you know, who the Smiths are, uh, you, you know, it's that sad man. Cause everyone <laughs> thinks about Morrissey. It's that man who's always sad. Oh, is he so sad? Well, Check it out, y'all. Morrissey is literally the Caucasian version of Vicente for my generation. So, you know, and, and I'm just going to be straight up the assimilated generation that is me and those that are, uh, you know, younger than me in America. We, if you're Mexican and you're born in San Antonio, LA, you love Morrissey. It's like on your birth certificate. Did you learn about Morrissey? Check. And did you appear? It, it just, it is. It's in your DNA. It's nuts. And, you know, I really want to talk about Morrissey because Stephanie and I have, a, you know, memories around him. And also it's just really interesting, just the cross culture and the influence, because both Vicente and Morrissey have those operatic voices, the baritone voices, and they talk about the love, the loss. So um, a lot of people, again, like I said, think, oh, Morrissey's so sad. Well, you know what? I've always thought it was, he was amazing. So, um, yeah. You know, it's so fascinating, this Morrissey connection. Yeah. to Mexican culture. And it's very well documented. And it's been even academically studied, which is so interesting to me. That's I crazy. love <laughs> yeah, academia around pop culture. I think I've talked about that in previous episodes. So it is a real phenomenon. And it's really out there. There's a great article in Pitchfork where it mentions that sociologists have tried to explain how the Smiths became so popular among Mexican Americans. They'd said, his place in the Mexican community likely has something to do with the importance of rock music among, um, I'm going to say it wrong, pachuchos? Pachucos. Pachucos. Um, mm -hmm. And greasers who were assimilating to American life in the 1950s and then linking that heartbreak, linking that dramatic emotion to Morrissey's work and his singing voice and his 
stylings, which were mm-hmm. so singular, but linking it back to these, um, these lost love ballads, these lost love songs in the Mexican ranchera tradition. And so um, I know you had seen a little bit about people who called Morrissey a certain name. And I thought that was interesting, but it was as related to Vicente. Yeah. So they called him the British Chente. So Chente is, um, is short for Vicente. So they're saying he was the British Vicente all like straight up. So that's, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yeah, it is that assimilation. I mean, it is what it is, people. So I'm not, it's not being Debbie Downer. It is. I mean, I love rock and roll and I, you know, and I love my ethnic music as well. Um, but yeah, for sure. I mean, you talk about pachucos and greasers. Well, Morrissey looks like a greaser, like straight up with his hair and, you know, and especially in his younger years, you know, he had like, what is that called when you have the pompadour. hill on your, thank you, the pompadour. And, you know, I'm sure he used a lot of grease to, you know, pick that <laughs> up and smooth it out, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, and Morrissey and, and the Smiths, um, but we're just focus on Morrissey right now, just in general. I mean, he is, he's definitely a beloved artist um, in the Mexican community. And of course not everybody loves him, but a majority of us do. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And has this, right. Just as we're laying out in every single way, has this very deep connection to the culture. And, you know, we say all that to set up to say, um, you know, he's, he's also, there's a flip side to this, of course, He's also repeatedly criticized multiculturalism and refugees. Morrissey, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, he's expressed a number of racist statements in recent years told, towards mm-hmm. multiple races and ethnicities, and we're not even going to repeat them on this show. You can look them up if you're curious. Um, I'll add that personally, once I learned about those, which um, he kind of just decided to uh, rev it up um, in recent years. After that, I was no longer interested in supporting him by seeing him live. So that's a little disclaimer for us talking about seeing him perform, which we'll speak about a little later. So having to said all of that, he still has this connection in a deeper and kind of other type of way. And then he once said in an interview, for whatever it's worth, Latinos are full of emotion, whether it's laughter or tears, they are ready to explode. And they want to share their emotion. They want to give and show and show. I think that's the connection because when I sing, it's very expressive. I'm not even, I'm not necessarily going to comment on that. I think that was probably a well-intentioned statement or something. Yeah. But that kind of ties it all, <laughs> ties all together with a bow. I know he is uh, appreciative anyway, in that yes, particular, so. particular realm and sense. So I know yeah. we have a lot to to say about this. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to lay it out there. And as a Latina, I I no longer support Morrissey. I don't know what the hell he's on now, but um, he needs to go away. Um, But I will uh, just treasure, um, you know, I really don't even listen to his music much anymore, but laughing at that comment that he made that is yeah, so far out. He also mentioned, I forgot where I wrote it, that Mexican have great teeth. I think I saw that. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, wow, that's all right. Okay, bro. Anyway, so Morrissey's always been off, but um, he did. He has given us the gift of some really amazing music. And Steffi and I actually got to see him at Carnegie Hall. And folks, if you don't know what Carnegie Hall is, it is a beautiful 
beautiful theater in Manhattan in New York City. And uh, we yeah. saw it in 2009, right? So 2009? It's 2009. Yeah. And um, we barely got these very sought after tickets mm, to see him. Mm -hmm. I think it was multiple nights. And even then we were refreshing the page. We were sitting there trying. It's Carnegie Hall, right? Like, yeah, it is a more iconic venue. So we knew maybe we'll get these. Maybe we didn't. But we ended up getting them. And we were so excited. And of course, it was this epic show, which we'll talk about. But I think about his stylings and his approach live and then retrospectively, I can see how that was so heavily influenced by folks like Vicente, again, especially aesthetically, um, yes. just these deep, it's longing and lost love songs. And that's what the Smiths are really. And that's mm -hmm. solo stuff is too as well. Um, and it was, it was an amazing show. I ended up writing about the experience of the show for one of the music publications I was writing for. And I'd done many kind of standard issue concert reviews over the course of my life. But I remembered that this piece I decided to do is kind of a, a personal column, a first person narrative column, just about the experience, the experience itself that I'd had that night. Mm -hmm. um, I think for a number of years, and Stephanie, I know you and I have talked about this in the past, but even including my teenage years, like I didn't fully get the Smiths music. I didn't get Morrissey. Sure. Uh, to your point earlier, I was like, this man is very sad. And I don't, <laughs> I don't, I didn't connect the dots and I don't understand why. I was like, oh, this is like, it's supposed to be comical. I don't understand. So it took me a long time to really connect with the music. But that night, the performance really connected with me. It really connected uh -huh. with me. Um, yeah. And like I said, in, in high school, I didn't really get it kind of as a, Another side, a good friend of mine in high school loved Morrissey, like was a uh -huh. super fan, tried for sure. years to get me into him. And I just never got it. Like, show me video of these stylings, mm -hmm. show me all this. And I never really got it. Um, and she was, uh, she was subsequently a tragically had an accident. She passed away. So mm -hmm. uh, years later, when I got into Morrissey, I went into his back catalog. I finally got it. And it was mm -hmm. especially after this night at Carnegie Hall, I felt there was uh, finally that opportunity to make that connection with her in a way and the passion yeah. that she had for the band. So that uh, night at Carnegie was really special to finally feel what so many people really felt for the music and what that, what that meant to folks. Oh my goodness, Stephanie, I had no idea about that. That's so awesome. Wow. That is, that's pure magic right there. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, you had trouble. A lot of people do have trouble, you know, but again, I'm just saying people, uh, you know, a lot of people I was hanging out with and there's a big Latino crowd. It's like, hell yeah, this man's sad. We love him. And <laughs> right. And to have great. that point, yeah. right. To be it's like, just there's a history. Down. Yeah. It, you know, Vicente was our first introduction into this type of genre, this type of way of music, this aesthetic. So when we, <laughs> let's talk about the show a little bit. So what I remember from the show is that we got there early. We got there early because I wanted to make sure um, that we did not miss a beat, right? We had to do everything. Well, of course, we got we got sidetracked by the merch booth. So we're there looking at all the merch, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, the first song kicks off, which is This Charming Man, which is a Smith song. And we just ran up the stairs of Carnegie Hall like faster. It was like Rocky, dude. We were just like, you know, just gunning it. And 
it was a phenomenal, phenomenal set. So I mentioned earlier that Vicente, you know, had a big stage presence with his suit and something that um, in his getup and something that was really special to me when um, when Morrissey was playing that night is that he was in a black and white suit. So yeah. very traditional being in that iconic theater. I'm getting chills right now. That's yeah. just, just uh, it was so fucking cool, y'all. It was so cool. And I actually had seen Morrissey before. Um, I saw him, believe it or not, at South by Southwest in 2006. So this is back in the day, super back in the day. I had flown from New York back to Austin just to see Morrissey. All right. Because, you know, I was like, yeah, I've never seen this dude. Here's my Vicente here. You know, my, my, my little crush. And back in this time, y'all, you could go. There weren't many uh, mainstream acts. South by it was very underground it was very local artists so that that's what it was and so when you you know these select acts that these big names that were playing these um playing the venues you could actually stand in line and not have a pass and get in just pay a fee 25 dollars or whatever it was and so i set up camp because i knew this was going to be a big deal morrissey was in central texas so i was like my my people my gente in san antonio are going to be driving up that hour to see this dude and they did not disappoint i stood in line for four to five hours and i swear to god i saw legions of folks just my two tenors and my mexicanos and and uh, mexicanos with the red lipstick and the black shirt just like me and i'm like hey you from 210 yeah you from san antonio yeah it's morrissey like we had to go it was so funny. So funny. I mean, I had, um, I, I stayed in line. I had friends that came up from San Antonio to come meet me and, um, it was fucking funny, but here's the deal y'all after four or five hours of standing in line in, in the Texas sun, the person standing in front of me was the last individual to be let in. So the bouncer was like, we're going to put a pause. Oh my like, God we're going to put a pause on this. So, you know, make sure that, you know, um, there's no fire hazards. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm like, my, my soul is crushed. Oh my and so God. Was everybody else behind me. We, we all, you know, I flew in from New York. They came in from San Antonio. All these people were like, Oh my God. And I swear we just started chanting, let us in, but we were not <laughs> going to riot y'all. Wasn't that crazy. We've talked in previous episodes, how fans get nuts, like yeah. secure. That one, oh, check that out on the Cure episode. That was crazy. So a little riot there. But no, we were like, come on, man, just let us in. At, at this point, I was like, man, I've been out here. I have a sunburn. Yeah. Um, I, you know, like this is very special to me because, again, he is my Vicente. Yeah. Like, I, I need to feel that. Like, I, I just, I, I need to see this man perform. Well, I'm glad to say that we did get in, um, you know, with just enough time for me to grab a beer and run all the way up to the front. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> that was super cool because again, he had, he had that presence, right? So one thing for Morrissey, um, Vicente didn't do this, but more, um, Vicente, you know, they sweat cause they have so much passion up there. And so Morrissey, same, same suit, but he would change out shirts. That was part of his thing. And also women would throw roses. Well, we know a lot of artists where women will throw, or men, whatever they're into, you know, into the artists, they'll throw roses, um, yeah. because they are so enamored with that individual. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty phenomenal. I just, that show was so amazing. So that experience in Carnegie Hall is what I have. And I'm so glad I was able to experience that with you stuff. That was cool shit. It was so cool. It was so cool. And you just think back to know, okay, he's the, he's this end of the line or maybe continuing line from this legacy. 
from this legacy yeah. that includes Vicente, that includes others that are coming from a tradition. And the fact that even the Smiths gotten this following that they have, I feel like is a larger homage to folks like Vicente and folks who come from that tradition as well. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's crazy. Like across the pond. I mean, just the influence and, you know, not even to say, I mean, Morrissey has never flat out said, yes, Vicente Fernandez is one of somebody who has inspired me. Okay. Yeah. But he did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whether he wants to admit it or not, because yeah. yeah, I mean, his sound was not new and not saying that, you know, he copies Vicente and yes, he's known as the British Chente, but they have their own unique styles but just the themes that it's there. There's no way in hell he's gone through his whole career and not paid some type of homage to Vicente. Just, you know, I mean, hopefully he has in a very nice way. Totally. <laughs> it's just, it is what it is, man. And it, it's super cool. So um, I wish I would have been able to see Vicente live. Um, you know, that would have been amazing, but I know my mom did and that's all that really matters. So I got to see uh, my Vicente live. So that works. Very cool. Very cool. And I'm so glad we got the chance to talk with him today, honor him. Um, I know he's doing some great songs in the great beyond. I'm sure this guy entertaining yeah. other folks and I have uh, no doubt about it. Just a real, real talent. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, man. <laughs> yeah, right? That was a, that was a lot. I'm yeah. feeling emotion. Yeah. And I hope folks learned some things today and were able to connect those dots and that we were able to do that for you. Again, just a big thank you to listeners. It sounds like a broken record, but thank you. Um, wanted yes. to let you know, just in case you're interested in doing a, a tiny little favor for us, you can now review podcasts on Spotify. So, five second ask if you could tap the five stars on our show if you're enjoying the show we'd really appreciate it again as we talked about at the top of the hour you can go to vpod tv watch us on yes. tv on the pantheon podcasts tv show very excited about that anything you want to say to us maybe something memory you have about morrissey memory you have about vicente you can email us at stephanie's talk tunes gmail.com can reach out to us on any of our social platforms stephanie's talk tunes on instagram facebook tiktok and stephanie's talk on twitter you can also review us on apple podcasts if you feel the need yeah guys please i mean we love the reviews so um you know definitely let us know how we're doing we appreciate you so much and yeah for sure um if this is the first time hearing about vicente fernandez go to spotify now and look up Vorver, Vorver. it's a beautiful love song um, and you will not regret it. And thanks again to everyone who comes in and listens. And thank you, Pantheon, for being amazing. We're so happy to be part of your network. This is Stephanie Pena, and I'm out. Yep, Myers out. Peace, guys, and thank you. Talk to you next episode. of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? Not just bikes. We also make a rower. Have you ever tried to row? Too hard. Not with Form Assist. It actually teaches you how to row. So it doesn't matter if you're a first-time rower or a seasoned pro. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial.